helping you out with your spiritual journey and bringing you all things metaphysical and paranormal. This is Outside the Crystal Ball Podcast with your hosts, Emily Minton and Reverend Ronald Flores. Hi, and welcome to Outside the Crystal Ball, episode 12. I'm Emily Minton. And I'm Reverend Ronald Flores. And on today's episode, we are announcing the winner of our Chakra Stone giveaway, going over what the lover's tarot card means, responding to viewer questions, and at the end, we are going to review evidence from a local paranormal investigation. And I know we said that we were going to have a guest speaker on this show, but unfortunately, that didn't pan out. She will be back at a later date, hopefully. Um, but let's go ahead and get into announcing that winner. Congratulations to Christy M. for winning the Chakra Stone set uh, provided by BlackCreekParanormal.com. So thanks, Emily, for, for providing that. And thank you, Christy, and for participating. Guys, always look forward to the next one that we're going to be doing. Um, maybe I'll be sponsoring that one. I don't know. Very so. cool. Well, let's get into learning about the Lover's Tarot card. Tell us what that means. All righty. So the Lover's Tarot card, pretty self-explanatory here. You have Adam and Eve standing in the Garden of Eden. Um, and there is the serpent, there's the tree of life, and there is their divine source or God, whatever you want to call it. Every color of every chakra is represented in this card. Um, you asked earlier why they're nude. That's because they're Adam and Eve and they haven't yet eaten from the tree. And so they're being guided with their relationship right now by spirit. So spirits giving them, you know, advice. And so if you were to pull this card, that's probably what it means. Maybe there should be, uh, you know, um, something that you guys can do to kind of strengthen the bond. If it's reversed, if it's upright, meaning maybe your relationship's good to go. Maybe that's something that you're worried about, but maybe you shouldn't be. So it has a couple different meanings. It depends on where it ends up in the spread. The number six that represents this card is symbolizing love and creativity. So be creative with your relationship. You know, if you've been married for a long time, maybe there needs to be creativity. Maybe things get stale after a while and we should try to switch things up and make it more fun and creative and things like that. So good card to have. Um, if you get it and it is reversed, it doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. It's giving you the chance to improve on something. I love this one. I even have this one tattooed on my leg. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I really like this one. Um, it's a really cool card. But I am very excited about answering our viewers' questions today. We have a ton of people emailed in. We picked kind of the ones that just repeated themselves over and over. And we're going to both answer them today. So do you want to read the first question? Sure. So the first question is, what methods or tools do you use to tap into psychic abilities and gain insight into the past, present, and future? So I go. I guess I'll go yeah, ahead and absolutely. answer that. Um, some of the tools that I use is obviously tarot. I use tarot for every reading that I do. I even use tarot sometimes for chakra balancing. I do like to connect to the aura because as soon as I connect into that person's aura, that's where the good concentrated information is, right? I can tap into that and withdraw information as spirit sees fit. I do like to do a little bit of a brief meditation and grounding before I do a psychic reading or any reading or chakra balancing or whatever I'm doing. I like to be grounded. I also like to be um, removed from that situation because that session is not about me. It's about the person that I'm working for. And then I use stones. And this is a weird thing because a lot of people don't actually practice this. It was 
given to me by my guides one day, I usually would put out stones before a session, right? And I start prepping before a session about 30 minutes in advance. That way I can do my personal prayers and I can ground and do all the stuff that we just talked about. But I always notice the stones on my desk and I'm like, why do I do that? So spirit told me, you know, throw out stones and they'll be in order. So if I get a rose quartz and then a clear quartz and then a tiger's eye, I know that talks about love and relationships. It also talks about how that person needs clarity, but they also need strength. So I use the stones as a visual along with the tarot cards, along with my psychic intuitiveness and my third eye. There's a lot of stuff that's happening during a session. Um, and then, you know, with chakra balancing, it's, it's kind of the same. I do my meditations and things like that. And then I, um, imagine the energy coming from, uh, father sky and mother earth into the person, whoever I'm working on to balance those chakras. So a lot of stuff, actually, I think I've covered all yeah, that's of them. A lot of stuff. I've seen the stones done before. I had a reading one time where she just basically laid out stones and said, pick one. And oh. she didn't tell me why. Just to pick one. At this point, I had no idea about crystals. Like, I didn't know. I was like, okay, this one. Yeah. And then she proceeded my reading based on, well, not the entire reading was based on that. But, you know, that was a piece of it. So I have seen that before. I don't really work psychically too much. The You know, I, I work mediumistically more than psychically. Every once in a while, I'll get something psychically. But right now, I I don't really control it. I don't, you know, go in to read psychically for people. Um, I don't know how to read auras. Like, I don't I don't do that stuff. But, you know, I, I, I will be able to talk a little more about the medium, the mediumship part of, of what we do. But a tool that you do use that I've noticed when you did my reading was writing. And it's not necessarily no. automatic writing. No, it's not automatic So writing. tell us why you write down. Well, yeah, that's kind of part of the mediumship part of it is I just, I, I write it down for a couple of reasons. Anything I get, I write down because I think I got, one time I got like Sandcastle. I was like, I don't know what that means. And you're like, I don't know what that means. So I wrote it down because later it might come up and you may know what it means and it may make sense then. My memory is horrible, absolutely horrible. So if I write it down, I'll be able to remember the, what I talked about. I'll be able to remember uh, to, to answer questions for you. But also it gets it out of my head mm -hmm. because if I'm sitting there focused, sandcastle, 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 and it means nothing to either of us, throws off the session. I'm going to yeah. be spinning on that. And why doesn't it make sense? But if I write it down, it's out of my head and I can move on. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. All righty then. Question number two says, can you explain? We are moving on, right? Yeah. We're done. Okay. <laughs> can you explain the process of conducting a psychic reading? We're going to say psychic and mediumship reading. Just a reading. Can you, can you explain the process of conducting a reading and what steps do you take to connect with a client's energy or receive intuitive information? And since I answered first last time, you think you can? So this is a loaded question. I <laughs> so if I know I have a reading to do the day before or the morning of, I do a pretty lengthy meditation. You know, I'll sit for twenty or thirty minutes with my guides and just get my mind's eye open and and relax and try to get the anxiety to go away because I do get nervous. Um, the day of, though, I will ask my guides. I always go to them and say, "Help me to understand the understand spirit communication." any way that I can sound, you know, sound, sight, feeling, whatever, help me to understand it and communicate it and translate it um, correctly. Right. You know, that's always my prayer is make it make sense to this person mm -hmm. because I don't know. Most of the time I don't know the person I'm reading for and I don't know their family on the other side. So make it make sense for them. Help me to understand it correctly. Um, so that's kind of some pre-work that I do. I also will, 
um, invite their family in. You know, if I know that I'm having a reading for, I, I don't usually know names, but I'll say, you know, Susie signed up for a reading. Susie's family, come in, get as close to me as you can. You know, and this is usually right before I'll start the reading. Get as close to me as you can. Come into my aura as much as you can so that I can understand you. So there's a lot that goes into it, I think, before I even get started. Just trying to get my mind open and clear and get my guides on board. We're all working and we're all ready to, to roll. Um, once I get in there, once the information starts coming, it works differently for everybody. You know, I, I can tell you how I do it, but in all the circles that I go to, the mediumship circles, they're not, you know, everybody does it a little differently. I always, they always come from here for me. They come from kind of side-ish behind and I can start to see them. Sometimes, again, it's not a perfect science. Sometimes I feel them first. Sometimes it's clairsentient in my stomach and I feel their personality. I feel they were funny. I feel they were a prankster. I feel they were... Um, melancholy or grouchy or mm -hmm. I feel that first. Um, but whatever I either see or feel is what I say first. Um, and at that point we start because I work in evidential mediumship. So it's, I want proof of who this is. Then I'll, we'll, we'll work on a message. What are they here for? You know, right. I need you to know who this is. So this is what they look like. This is how they're making me feel. They're telling me about, you just went to your best friend's wedding. You know, they're telling me these things. And then we'll work on what they're here to tell you, what message they're here to bring you. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. It does. Sometimes I, can, I, I think about the question and I go somewhere else with it. <laughs> um, so again, the question was, can you explain the process of conducting a reading and what steps do you take to connect with the client's energy? So I just talked about kind of how I do the grounding and stuff. So that's, again, I take 30 minutes before session if I can, mm -hmm. and I ground myself. I say a personal prayer. I throw out my stones. I set out my tarot cards. I make sure the energy is cleansed and cleared. I start putting that person's energy on my mind. I also write down stuff. So I'll if I get any images or whatever before the session, I'll write it down. And then as soon as I contact the client, I have this whole process because I have to have order. If I don't have order, I will get anxiety because I'll feel like I missed a step. Right. And then God forbid the whole world's going to end, right. right? So I will then contact the client and I'll always say, even if I've read you for, I don't know, 13 years and I've had some people for 13 years, you're going to hear the same spiel every single time. Period. I don't care if it annoys you or not. You're going to hear it. That's me telling my guides that I'm ready to work. I am ready to go. Golden. Go. On air. Got it. Right? So I will ask them, do you have any questions about what I do or how I do it? And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. And then I will have a little general conversation with them to kind of connect to that energy a little bit. And then I will go into a prayer. So the little line that everyone hears is that at this time, I'm going to bow my head and say my prayer. You do not have to bow your head and pray with me. It's not for you. It's for me to connect to my guides and angels. After that prayer, I need you to give me your first name verbally, which is going to symbolize permission for us to tap into your personal information. It is important for me. I think it should be important for every person that reads to get permission because we need to know that that person is completely open to receiving whatever messages that come through. I don't like to be blocked. And if I don't ask for permission, which can happen sometimes, then I don't get the messages fully and, and I'm not fully immersed in that experience. Right. And so um, after that, then the session happens. And then after the session, because this doesn't really 
it just says before, but after the session, I have this little ritual too, right? We end the session and then I knock out the energy from my tarot cards. I cleanse my space. I always thank God, guides, and angels. I always review the information in my mind, make sure that I'm emotionally separated from it. I write down any notes. I put it all in their little file thing. And I have all this little process that, that happens after the session too, which helps me to remember for the next time what we've already discussed so that I can check in with that person mm-hmm. to make sure that they're still doing okay. They don't have any questions about what happened last time. So a bunch, just like you said, there's a whole bunch that goes into these readings. This isn't just like, oh, sit down and I'll flip a card. You would get no information. You'd be bl- even thinking about that. I'm drawing blanks and I'm not even <laughs> reading anybody. There's no way that I could literally spread out cards and be like, pick a card. Right. Could not happen. Even if it was a spur of the moment thing, I'd be like, give me 30 seconds. <laughs> That's all I need. And God forbid, I know we had this conversation before. We, I cannot have somebody sage a space before because that wipes the energy out and then I have to wait 30 minutes right. to an hour for it to fill back up, right? Or have that person's energy kind of in it. And since, excuse me, most of my or all of my sessions are virtual, I can't do that, right? I can't refill it with their energy. I have to literally connect to them. So I know I just ran on and rambled, no, but it is a long... I think to add to that is is to make sure we think spirit... Um, at the end, if we're talking about closing it out, I always, you know, tell them, thank you for coming. Thank you for, you know, bringing this message to Joe Schmo, whoever we're, yeah. we're speaking with. Yep. That's what I was. I said that I thank God guides and angels. And I always say that after every session. Oh, I'm talking about the the person who's passed. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So the last question is, how do you differentiate? Oh, God. Between genuine psychic impressions, a.k.a. psychic readings, right, and personal biases or interpretations during a reading. Now, I just went on. They don't want to hear me talk. So. So. I the way I can differentiate and this is still something that. I think mediums work on their entire career. I mean, it's not easy. It's never it's you. it, It gets to be a little more obvious as you do this, but it's still never completely easy because you have, you're constantly battling. Is this my, I call it ego, like your imagination, you know, mm-hmm. is this me making something up or is this spirit giving me information? And I distinguish it a couple of ways. One is, like I said before, I feel it. If I can feel it in my body, then I know it's spirit. And it, it's mm-hmm. a feeling of, I wish I could just explain it. It's almost like you have butterflies in your stomach but not quite as tickly. It's just like your stomach, my stomach almost like fills up. Right. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't know how to else to ex- explain how that works. The other way that I know that it's spirit is my imagination is in 2D. Spirit comes to me in 3D. Oh, 2D. Oh, 2D. Okay. Yeah. I thought and you said 2D. <laughs> <laughs> and then spirit is 3D. So I see it in 3D if it's an actual person, 2D if it's just me making something up. Oh. Now, sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes mm-hmm. that can blend or I, I struggle with trust. I struggle. I doubt it. Well, you know, why would he send, you know, a, a birthday cake? What does that even mean? So I, I kind of will struggle with it sometimes, especially if it's generic. That's going to be the hardest part for me. So the birthday cake, for example, that's a generic symbol to me. Gotcha. Every person has a birthday. Right. Right. So if you were working on scamming somebody like some you know some people 
been known to do. Mm-hmm. That's something easy. Did you have a birthday that passed? Did somebody that you know just have a birthday? You know, that kind of thing. So I I get those symbols from mm-hmm. spirit, but I don't, it makes me nervous to say them because I'm like, of course you had a birthday. Everybody had well, a birthday. Well, I know, but in the same respect, like, the chances of that being so close, like, I I will say that too, right? Like, did you have a birthday or something? But if it's not in the past month, I don't, I don't count it, right? And so that's what, one chance out of 12? Mm -hmm. I don't, I I just. And that's, yeah, that's going to be the key is, is it close by, you know? Right. So I have to trust that birthday cake and I have to say it, even though I'm like, he's kind of (laughs) cringy, you know, I still have to say it because 90% of the time when I say it, it's valid. They're like, yeah. You know, his grandson was just born and had, you know, that was his birthday two weeks yeah. ago. Or, yeah, his birthday just passed or his birthday's next Tuesday. And it's something that's coming up soon. 90% of the time it's right. Mm-hmm. It's just that other little bit. I'm like, ee! you know, it, it's weird. Or, you know, I have an old lady here with gray hair. Really? Right. So, but that's the thing too. Sometimes like, sometimes there are. <laughs> I know. It's just like every grandmother that I've ever had has had gray hair, right. and one of them died it, but she still had gray right. hair. So you could, you could, that could go either way. Right. So you, it's just a matter of trusting what you get, even if it seems a little mm-hmm. weird or a little generic. I call it generic, but you know, cliche, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it is a grandma with mm-hmm. gray hair, you know, and and you have your 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 responsibility is to pass that message on no matter how generic it it sounds right and you'd be surprised too like in in when you write stuff down like i've done that too and i've i've written stuff down and i'll come back to it and i'll be like why did they have me write a barbie doll down or whatever right. and they'll be like no that's the one <laughs> message that we were waiting on mm-hmm. the whole it's actually happened to where i've written down rose and again it's so cliche it's so right. broad it's so you know but then at the end of it i'm like and i wrote down rose and they were like i told my mother to say rose if you were real happen it's i'm not lying it has literally happened mm-hmm. like that so you should never doubt it but i get it because it is a hard thing right um but like you said trust is the biggest thing you just have to say it right just say you it. you really do i was telling you i i visited a friend this weekend and her dad passed away a couple of, of years ago and oh, yeah. i went to her new apartment yesterday actually i was standing there and there's her dad, you know, standing kind of behind her, but he's holding a screwdriver. And I'm like, every dad has a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. And so we're sitting at dinner and I kind of got the courage up to tell her. I was like, is there something broken in your house? And she's thinking and she goes, hey, you know, I named like, well, my AC was a couple months ago, but they fixed it. And she's thinking, she goes, oh, I have, I have my daddy's recliner in the living room and it's broken right now. I just asked somebody to come and fix it. And it all fit together. And if yeah. I would have just held on to that information, you know, imagine she wouldn't have known any different but Mm -hmm. just that little piece of information gave her such comfort that she was able to go hey my dad's here you know Mm -hmm. and he knows what's happening around around here yep so even generic pieces you you should share for sure yeah i mean you spoke for both of us on that it's it's and my answer says it's hard to (laughs) trust the process that's exactly what it is just say what's on your mind in the reading that you that you did for me i remember you were probably and I and I told you before I was like I'm not I'm not gonna be a psychic today I'm just a regular person not gonna say anything and then I felt spirit kept saying she's withholding (laughs) and then I said just say it and you said it and I don't remember what it was or anything but it made sense and I'm like okay cool so it is it you just you just trust it and if you don't trust it just say what's on your mind and if it doesn't make sense then maybe it was a misinterpretation maybe that that symbol or sign was for you to right. be able to connect to the next person maybe that's a universal sign for you 
like birthday cake. Maybe it means, uh, you know, celebration in general. Maybe it's not just a birthday. Maybe it's a wedding anniversary. It could be anything, right? right? So maybe it's not wrong. It could be a misinterpretation. 99% of the time, that is Mm -hmm. the case. And and that's, I love that misinterpretation. I had someone tell me, I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before. Working mediumistically with spirit is like trying to translate a different language. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't speak German, but I'm trying to understand German. So you're picking up all these clues. It's, it's like charades. And so sometimes what they're trying to say, you understand it a different way and it comes out incorrectly. So it's not that they're giving bad information. It's not that you are, are you're wrong. wrong. It's just, like you said, a misinterpretation, mm-hmm. it's miscommunication. So keep that in mind when you're doing, when you're having a reading or even if you're practicing to be a medium. Yeah, because technically we can't be wrong as psychics, right? We have to be able to connect into that energy. We shouldn't be wrong. Most of the time we are not. It's either our personal ego that gets in the way. We switch off from medium or psychic to normal human. We emotionally connect or we just misinterpret the the symbol. It wasn't meant for them, but it's more of a sign and symbol for us. So mm-hmm. you are never wrong, really. It could just be, again, that, that misinterpretation. Right. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Those are great questions. I would love to have more sent in. Um, If you guys have any other questions outside the crystal ball at gmail.com, please send them in and we'll answer them as quickly as we can on air. You can also call in at 904-469-0020. Look at you knowing the number. (laughs) I just saw it today. (laughs) (laughs) You said call it in. I was like, oh, I don't remember the number. Yeah, I know. I was waiting. I'm like, I can't wait to see the look on her face. Oh, I am impressed, sir. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good questions. Thank you all for participating. And we want you to continue to write in stuff. Also, too, before we get into that paranormal investigation, don't forget to go uh, visit our websites at RevRonaldFlores.com, BlackCreekParanormal.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Should we announce the... We're taking this. Yeah, go ahead and tell them. Yeah, so we have actually decided to consolidate outside the crystal ball into our personal businesses, and we've decided to take down the Instagram and the Facebook. So most of you are following on the other outlets anyways in the platform, so there's nothing really to worry about. Just know that if you see it disappeared, we used our magic powers. (laughs) And it's the same information. I put the same stuff on the outside crystal ball podcast or or, uh, Instagram as I do Black Creek. I know. And now it's less content content. we have to worry about. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But we will be keeping, I think we should keep the YouTube channel as far as that's concerned. So, yeah. For sure, for sure. Just the social media for outside will probably disappear soon. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get into this paranormal investigation. We did this investigation, I want to say back in May, April or May, wasn't it? Wow, it's, it's already been a couple months. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. And there is a, here locally in Northeast Florida, there is a German Shepherd Rescue that sits on a, a couple of acres of land. And the client is a friend of Ronnie's. And she had reached out and she said, you know, you guys can come out here and do an investigation. So I did some research on the property. And really, there's not a ton of documented history. The property um, used to be owned by J.C. Penney, who, you know, J.C. Penney <laughs> stores. That is a big... He he lived near us where we are right now. Wow, why didn't I know? Did that? you not know that? No. Yeah, his mansion used to be right down the road from here. Wow. Yeah, and they just tore it down about ten years ago because it was starting to be dilapidated. It's like Penny Farms. That's where it came from. Oh. And it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but he owned a lot of this <laughs> land out here, and would uh, eventually sold off, you know, chunks of it to contractors and such. 
And this piece of property in particular has two houses on it. It has a mobile home that was built, I think, in like the early 90s. And then it has a little two-bedroom um, home on it that was built in 1962-ish. Now, there's really not been any crazy, there's not been fires, there's not been murders, there's not been suicides, there hasn't been anything traumatic. And my dishwasher's going off. I apologize. <laughs> I was like, what is that? There hasn't been anything traumatic on this land. Um, the only, the, the, the deaths that have occurred there that have been documented anyway is the couple that lived in the little 1962 house. They both passed away natural causes in their home. Um, that's really the history of it. It's, it's nothing crazy. You know, you don't, it's not going to be a lighthouse story. It's not going to be, you know, the, the Waverly Hills. There's not sick people. It, it's just a normal house. So the client that lives there now lives in the, the mobile home and the house is where the dogs live. The rescue dogs stay in this little house. Um, they are spoiled. <laughs> they are cared for. I have never seen, you know, four or five dogs have an entire house to themselves. A whole house. With an enormous TV for noise. Oh, yeah. They Air conditioner, a, <laughs> yes. a whole kitchen. I mean. It's amazing. It is amazing how she takes care of these dogs. But um, she came to us because... Her, she has two grandchildren, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they're terrified to go to her house. So she came to us and was like, what's what's going on? And like her grandchildren are saying, you know, they will come and sit with her. They won't go play by themselves. She, they have to be right next to her. They're hearing things. They're seeing things, as children tend to do. Um, she has recorded EVPs on her phone, just personal things that she's collected. She has had a, a piece of, she had like a metal art piece on the wall that had fallen but when it fell it didn't fall like flat where it was it was far away mm -hmm. so it, it wasn't a, a natural way to fall there's objects that have been moved around in her house that she can't explain now the first time i went to her house you took me over there to practice uh, practice a mm -hmm. reading if mm -hmm. you remember and when i walked in the first thing i saw was this man in the kitchen suspenders coffee the whole thing and i mentioned that to her and she goes oh yeah that's text you know, we, we think that's the gentleman that passed away next door. But there's also a lot of activity that I picked up on mediumistically in like behind her property in the woods back there. So I don't feel like that's what's coming in the house. I feel like that almost has like a boundary for them, but they, they are back there a little bit. Now, um, just kind of to give you an idea of the setup of, you know, how we set up cameras and such, we put two cameras in. In one house, in, in one camera in the, the dog house, and then one camera outside. So we split up into teams. I think there was like a, a team of three and a team of three. And we would investigate each room with EMF detectors to pick up to see if we could get some action there. The rim pod, um, we had dowsing rods, spirit boxes, lots and lots of equipment in there to get as much evidence as we could. And we really got a lot of stuff. Um, not so much on video. We got a couple of things on video, but we got a lot of EVPs and the spirit box sessions were out of this world. They were so good. Um, a spirit box, if you guys don't remember, we talked about it early on. It looks like a little transistor radio and it moves through the stations like AM station or FM stations at a pretty rapid pace. Now we use what's called the Estes method where one person will put headphones, noise canceling headphones on and be a little bit away from the person asking questions. So I was asking questions in this case, and our investigator, Joe, was asking, was listening. And so the questions that I asked should match her answers 
coming out of that spirit box, right? Because she can't hear me. And this was her first time doing first it, time and doing she it. did good. She knocked it out of the park. Yeah, she did really, really well. So the, the when we started doing the spirit box session, we were all sitting at the dining room table, and the owner of the home had put out some treats for us to eat. It was really nice of her. And um, we sat down to to have a little bit of a snack. And I'm sorry, guys, we're having a little bit of problems. And by we, by we, I mean me, you. because it cut, off the, <laughs> it cut off the words. Whoops. What words? It cut off, like, the labels that I have for my sound clips. Uh-oh. Can you just turn them on there? The 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 yummy one? So we were we were sitting. Yeah, there you go. So let's listen to this one. <laughs> oh. Excuse us, we're eating a snack. I would like one too, please. <laughs> Yummy. So you could hear there, we were talking about having something to eat and someone said something along the effect of, you know, they want something to eat too, speaking of the spirits. And then Joe got on the spirit box, yummy. She couldn't hear our conversation. She had no idea what we were talking about. Her eyes are closed. She has those headphones on. She says, yummy. Can we listen to it one more time? Absolutely. Ready? I... <laughs> Excuse us, we're eating a snack. I would like one too, please. <laughs> Yummy. And she can't hear anything mm-hmm. we were talking about. Not one thing. So that was a really good one. And then the same session here. Um, let's listen to this one and then we'll talk about it. Is there a problem with your will? A family issue? Neela, do you know anything about that? Was there any no. legal things? No, I have no idea. What can you tell us about yourself? Hopefully. This is a little bit of a longer clip. But you said that when the old couple died, a realtor bought it? Price? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Um... So if a realtor bought it, then there may have been issues where there was yeah. no will because there were no kids or nothing, I guess. I mean... Amelia? What about me? Do you need to tell me something? Is there something you want to tell me? There is. What is it? What do you? Clear as day. Yeah. <laughs> so that one was pretty cool. Um, we were trying to figure out what they were talking about with the will. And just I, there were so many. I know it was a little bit long, but there were just so many little good pieces there to that one that I, I wanted to share it with you. Now, also, while we're sitting at the table, and this is the last spirit box clip I'm going to play. We're sitting at the table and we have an EMF was next to you, I think, on one side of the table. And then we had an EMF on the other side of the table next to me. and. For a while, one would just go off when we would ask questions and things like that. Then it started syncing up. Do you remember that? Yes. They were going off at the same time with the same frequency. So I start looking under the table. I start looking around. Are are we close to phones? Are we close to to the spirit box? Mm -hmm. What could be causing this? And there wasn't anything. Nope. So I made a comment that that was becoming more interesting 
than just one going off at a time. So this is what you're going to hear. That's becoming more interesting to me when one operates alone now than when they're together. Correct. <laughs> so, okay, that's what it was. If it went off by itself one time, I was like, well, that's strange now because they're going off together so much and syncing up so much that if it just happened once on one device, then I was like, that's what's happening here. But then Joe, as soon as I said that, she said, correct. And just to refresh your, your memory here, she can't hear us right. again. She has, no she has headphones on and she's trying to decipher, which is a job in and of itself. It's so hard to hear. Yeah, It really is. And she did an amazing job with it. <clears throat> Um, so those are the spirit box pieces, the main ones that that came out that made the most sense to us. I'm going to share some EVPs with you guys now. So if you don't remember electronic voice phenomenon, EVP. So these are uh, when we have audio recorders on and we're asking questions. And most of the time, we don't hear this with our physical ears. When I go back and listen again, I can pick up these noises. So here is one. Oh, here, it's kind of self-explanatory. Listen. You can light up the lights if you're still here. I don't know if you heard. I'm going to play it again. The owner says, if you're still here, light up the lights on the EMF detector. And what you hear after that immediately is some a very small voice. And it says, cow. You can light up the lights if you're still here. Yeah. Cow, how do I light up the mm -hmm. lights? And what we ended up kind of coming away with is not only are these this older couple there, but we also think there's a little girl there named Emily. Because I don't know if you remember, we did a spirit box and Emily came through twice. And we thought at first it was me. And then you tapped in psychically and you're like, no, it's there's a little girl here. So I think that was who that was. Now, speaking of the little girl, we went over to the German, the German Shepherd house where the dogs are. And Joe had a piece of candy in her pocket and she put it on the table just to try to get this child to interact with us. And this is what happened. Candy. I know, right? Do you like candy? I think she's migrated. I right. heard that. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard any of this either. Uh -uh. I heard a clear yes. And then they start to say something else and I can't understand. Play it again. Now, just before I play it again, you'll notice right after that, Ronnie says, I think they've migrated into the other room because we weren't getting any activity. We didn't think she was there anymore. And so there's no way we heard this with our physical ears. It just came up during review. Do you like candy? I think she's migrated. I heard that. Yeah, it's yes. And then you can't hear yeah. exactly what she says after that. But I thought that was a really, really good one. Um, this one here. Here, I'll just let you guys listen. How many spirits are here with us? What do you think it said? One more time. How many spirits are here with us? I don't know. That's exactly what it said. It did? Yeah. Yeah. It said, How, I don't know. Yeah, that's when you were sitting in the, you were sitting in the living room with John and the owner of the home. And you said, how many spirits are here with us? And it says, I don't know. Wow. All right. One more time. How many spirits are here with us? And that sounded like an older gentleman. I don't know why, but it just sounded like that. Yeah, it did. It did. It did. Okay, I'm making sure I did not miss this one. All right, I think I got all of those. So next, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, 
and not on YouTube. These next two little clips are videos. So if you want to tune in to YouTube to check these out, that's going to be the best place to find them. So one of the things that we do, if you've listened to our podcast before during paranormal investigations, is my favorite thing is to take a little flashlight, like a dollar from Walmart. I loose, I turn it on, but then loosen the back so that it's off. But it has to be off just a little so that if you tap the back, it a flash, mm -hmm. right? And the theory is you can communicate with spirit using this. They can tap the back of that if they want to say yes to a question or no to a question or whatever you have set up for them to do. So there's no sound on this one. This is strictly a visual, a visual clip. But you can watch here. We're in the German Shepherd house. Awesome. And the, we ask it to turn the light on and it turns it on. So I'll play it one more time. Awesome. And it turned it on. Yeah, it's all the way, all the way. And you can see no one is by it. That's my feet there on the couch and my pale legs. because I haven't seen the sun, <laughs> but it, it, it turns it on all by itself. And that to me, I, I love that piece of evidence when no one is around it. It's like, how, do, how does that turn on if there is no one around it? After that, I didn't put this on the clip, but after that. I was like, I, I made you get up and stomp. Do you remember that? Yes. I made you stomp through the living room <laughs> like a soldier <laughs> to see if, you know, shaking the ground made it turn on or something. We, we could not recreate nope. it. No matter no matter how much stomping you did, yeah. we could not recreate it. Um, and then the last piece, just real quick, is a, another visual piece. There's a little bit of sound to this one, um, but it's, the sound's not going to make much sense if you don't see it. So we, Joe and I, one of the investigators, Joe and I, we were in um, the office, her little office in the mobile home. So not the doghouse, but the, the where she lives. And we had an EMF detector and we were asking questions and using it as a communication device. So for example, if you are a man, touch the green light and make it light up. And that's, you know, it will do that. So we have here in the office. Oh no. Oh, there it goes. Okay. So you can see it's sitting on top of a big wheel. And I want to get closer. You ever play in the playroom? See it light up mm -hmm. real bright. Do you like that frog chair? Oh my gosh. It really lit up. I saw a, a ball in there too. There are a lot of toys. Do you like playing with those toys? All right, so that's it there. Um, if you look at it, uh, sitting on top of like a little big wheel pedal car, I thought there was a battery pack or something on the little case that was sitting on on the back of the big wheel, but it's not. It's empty. It's just like for them to put their toys in or whatever. And there was in the playroom next door this frog chair, and Joe and I had sat in there earlier in the in the day, and anytime we talked about the frog chair, the EMF would light up. And so you hear her again ask, do you like that frog chair? And it goes, Broop! and lights all the way up to red. So another reason we think it's a, a child that's there right. and not an adult, because I can't imagine a 60-year-old man liking the frog chair. Right. I mean, maybe he does. I don't know. You know to each their <laughs> maybe. own. Maybe their own. But it was tiny. You know, it was a little yeah. tiny chair. Um, but overall, it was a really great investigation. We got a lot of good evidence. At the end of the night, I just kind of made a general statement. And I said to, to the spirits that were there, I said, you're scaring her grandchildren. You don't mean to, but you're scaring them. Stop, you know, back off. Don't appear as scary to them. 
so that they enjoy being at their grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. And when I went and presented this evidence to her and was telling her about all the things that we found, she said, I, I don't, I, she goes, I didn't know it was that easy. She said, my grandkids were over here, you know, just a few days ago and they weren't scared at all. She said, whatever you guys did worked because they're not afraid anymore. They'll go in the back bedroom and play. They'll go, you know, they don't have to be attached to me. They don't cry. She said, it's completely different here. So that made me really happy that we were able to help her and uh, have this better relationship with her grandkids where they're not scared to go to her house, sure. yeah. you know? So it was a really good investigation. I liked it. There's my belief, and we differ here, is there's not evil spirits. There's not, you know, there's jerks. But I don't think that was here. I think these people just didn't know. Wait until you encounter one. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. screwed. We're not going to talk about that. Don't worry. They don't exist. <laughs> they don't exist. Exactly. All right. It was a fun investigation, though. I had a good time. And uh, it was a great time. And Joe did such a good job on she that thing. So I can't get good. over that because yeah. I tried it. And it's so hard to understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, guys. Well, I guess that's it for this uh, episode of Outside the Crystal Ball. Thank you all for listening to us. Anything we need to announce before? What are we doing next next time? Next time, we're going to do another paranormal investigation um, results. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I think we have another tarot card. Ooh, psychic games. Ooh, yay. We're talking about the blue moon because that's there is right. a blue moon in August. I love the moon. So lots of stuff. Actually, we're going to be, is this the one we pre-record us doing a ritual? The ritual that we just talked about on one of the episodes where we do the envelopes in the paper and manifesting and all that. So you probably want to listen into that one to find out how to do it. Absolutely. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to us. And we will talk to you guys next time. Have a great day.